To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Stocks look to extend Wall Street's biggest rally in three weeks. Netflix shares gain after subscriber loss was not as bad as feared. Inflation in the U.K. surges to a 40-year high. And President Biden plans to take executive action to tackle climate change. The tri-state bakes under the summer sizzle and shark sightings close Rockaway beaches. I'm John Tucker. More straight ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. Make it nine straight all-star game victories for the American League. The Yankees' Giancarlo Stanton was the MVP. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are higher this morning. We're coming up to 601 on Wall Street. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are up 8 points. Dow futures up 50. NASDAQ futures up 42. The DAX in Germany is up a quarter percent. The 10-year Treasury up 9.30 seconds, yield 2.98 percent. The yield on the two-year at 3.18 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down 1 percent on $1.09 at $103.13 a barrel. Look at Bitcoin this morning. It's up 1 percent at $23,540. Nathan. McCarran futures are adding to yesterday's gains on Wall Street. They were the biggest in three weeks. It was a broad-based rally. All 11 industry groups in the S&P 500 advanced. John Barranco is chief investment officer of Fundamental Investments at Allspring Global Investments. I think we're in a transition period here, and then the market really is in need of evidence, really. And, and I think evidence that inflation is peaking, uh, evidence that, um, you know, we're, we're moving down a path of hopefully towards a, you know, a soft landing. John Barranco at Allspring Global Investment says he is looking for companies with strong balance sheets that are able to weather tough economic conditions. Well, Nathan, earnings optimism is helping fuel this morning's gains. Netflix shares are up 7.5% in early trading after subscriber numbers came in better than estimates. We get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The leader in paid streaming TV says it lost 970,000 subscribers in the second quarter, less than half what Wall Street feared, thanks in large part to a new season of Stranger Things, the service's most popular English-language series. This quarter, Netflix expects to sign up 1 million subscribers. While that is well short of the 1.83 million analysts forecast this period, it reverses the losses of the first half. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Charlie, thank you. And earnings continue to roll in today with 17 companies on the S&P reporting. We get results from Tesla after the closing bell. Here with a preview is Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. 
Bloomberg Intelligence says Tesla's fundamentals relative to its peers are strong and the company's credit rating could be moved to investment grade. But lockdowns in China had an impact on vehicle production. And Tesla is heavily invested in Bitcoin. Its bottom line may include a charge of nearly three quarters of a billion dollars related to the plunge in the price of the cryptocurrency. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Jeff, thank you. Well, Tesla has been a longtime favorite of investor Kathy Wood, and her funds have felt the pain as Tesla shares fell from the November peak. Now we're this morning. Wood is closing down one of our exchange-traded funds. And we get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. A regulatory filing shows Kathy Wood is shutting down her ARC Transparency ETF. The fund gained only $12 million in assets since it launched at the end of last year. That's a fraction of the $9 billion in Wood its flagship fund. It contains holdings like Teal Dock and Spotify and was aimed at investing in companies that received high scores on transparency. Transparency Global, which shaped the fund's underlying portfolio, will stop calculating the index at the end of July. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thanks. Bitcoin is trading at a one-month high this morning, right now at about 23500 though that is a far cry from November's peak of nearly 69000 Billionaire investor Mike Novogratz weighed in on the sell-off at the Bloomberg Crypto Summit in New York. What I don't think people expected was the magnitude of losses that would show up in, you know, professional institutions' balance sheets. And that caused a daisy chain of effects. It turned into a full-fledged credit crisis. Mike Novogratz says regulators should do more to protect crypto investors, and he called for more transparency in the industry. Well, we turn to the economy now, Nathan. Expect higher interest rates for the foreseeable future. That according to Blackstone, we caught up with Joseph Zeidel, chief investment strategist in Blackstone's Private Wealth Solutions Group. I think that inflation is more deeply entrenched in the U.S. economy, and it's going to require the Fed to take interest rate hikes up higher and the tightening cycle longer. So my own view is that Fed fund rates could exceed 4%. I think they could go above 4.5%, maybe even closer to 5%. Blackstone Private Wealth's Joseph Zeidel expects the Fed to hike by 75 basis points at next week's meeting. Well, like the U.S., Karen, inflation continues to be a major problem in Europe, and fresh data show the U.K. still struggling to tame prices. Let's go to London, get the latest with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. A fresh 40-year high for UK inflation. Consumer prices rose 9.4% in the year to June, driven by surging prices for motor fuel. The pain only set to get worse, with inflation forecast to top 11% in October, when another gas and electricity price hike is due. The Bank of England has already increased rates five times since December, and today's data will add to calls for a jumbo hike at the bank's next meeting. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thank you. Well, back here in the U.S., President Biden plans to take executive action to tackle climate change with his clean energy agenda stalled on Capitol Hill. The president will outline his steps later today at a shuttered coal fire plant in Somerset, Massachusetts. He is not expected to declare a climate emergency, but Bloomberg Politics contributor Rick Davis says he doesn't have to. There are many things he can do around pollution from cars and 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 and, and to put a little uh, pressure on uh, Joe Manchin by, you know, talking about doing some things around coal and gas-fired power plant re- uh, regulation. So uh, I think he could bring him along to the negotiating table if he wants to put some heat on Manchin. 
And Bloomberg, that's Bloomberg Politics contributor Rick Davis. We'll have more on the president's announcement in just a few minutes. Bloomberg's Anne Mosdu is at the event, and she'll join us live again in just a few moments. Futures are higher this morning. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Karen, thank you. 607 on Wall Street, 78 degrees in Central Park, still dealing with an accident investigation eastbound Bruckner at the Sheridan. More coming up in traffic. First, John Tucker with what else is going on in sweltering New York and around the world. John? As a heat wave grips the city, Nathan, everyone's been ordered out of the water on Rockaway beaches. Sharks were seen prowling the area. The police department's been doing flyovers to look for any threats. Parks officials say they'll reopen the beach when it's safe to do so. A Trump-endorsed candidate won the closely-watched Republican primary for governor in Maryland. The story from Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Dan Cox won the Republican primary in the race to replace Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland, a race that became a proxy clash between former President Trump and Hogan, a potential 2024 GOP presidential candidate. Trump had endorsed Cox, while Hogan, who can't seek re-election because of term limits, backed Kelly Schultz, who served in Hogan's administration. Cox will face the winner of the crowded Democratic primary. Cox organized busloads of Trump supporters to attend the Stop the Steal rally before the assault on the U.S. Capitol in 2021. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. In Maryland's Democratic primary, former nonprofit leader Wes Moore led the field with 36% of the vote. He was followed by former Labor Secretary Tom Perez and State Controller Peter Franchot, who garnered 27 to 19% of the vote. Former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger has some words of advice for President Biden regarding China. That story from Ed Baxter. Kissinger, of course, was Richard Nixon's State Department leader during the time of ping-pong diplomacy with China. Kissinger tells Bloomberg's editor-in-chief John Micklethwaite at the Intelligence Squared event, it is important to prevent some of China's actions. But that it's a permanent assignment, that it's not something that can be achieved by uh, endless confrontations. Kissinger says today's world needs flexibility. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. And former New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio says he's dropping out of the crowded Democratic primary race for an open seat in the state's redrawn 10th congressional district. De Blasio says it's clear people are looking for another option. Polls that showed him trailing several other candidates. And a 31-year-old crew member on Law & Order Organized Crime was fatally shot in Brooklyn this week while working on the production of the TV show. Johnny Pizarro was found unconscious and unresponsive with multiple gunshot wounds to the head and neck on North Henry Street in Greenpoint. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. All right, John. Thank you. Coming up to 610 on Wall Street, and John Stashauer has a Bloomberg Sports Update. Thanks, Nathan. There was a long period where the National League dominated the baseball All-Star Game, won 20 of 21 back in the 1960s and 70s. But lately, the American League has had its way last night in Los Angeles. The NL jumped in front, two runs in the first inning, but then failed to score again, and the AL did damage in the fourth. Swing and a high fly ball drill. Forget it. Way 
throwback out to left center field, and that is gone. Oh, my goodness. He crushed it. John Carlos Stanton deep into the pavilion in left center field, and the American League with one swing has tied it up. It's 2-2 as Stanton goes deep. ESPN had to call the Stanton homer travel 457 feet, longer than any homer hit at Dodger Stadium this season. Next batter was the Twins' Byron Buxton. He had a solo shot, and that was it for the scoring. The AL won 3-2 and has now won nine All-Star games in a row, 21 of the last 25. Stanton, an L.A. native, was the MVP, third Yankee to win. Derek Jeter in 2000, Mariano Rivera in 2013. Aaron Judge struck out twice. Jose Trevino got a base hit. Nestor Cortez pitched the sixth inning. Clay Holmes got two outs in the eighth. For the Mets, Jeff McNeil 0 for 1. Also got hit by a pitch. Pete Alonzo was up once and drew a walk. Miles Bridges was the Charlotte Hornets leading scorer this past season. He's currently a free agent. He's now facing three felony counts of domestic violence accused of assaulting his girlfriend. Awaiting word on how long a suspension Cleveland quarterback Deshaun Watson will get. There's now a report it's expected to be eight games for sexual misconduct. There was earlier reporting it would be the entire season. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? John, thanks. S&P futures now up five points. Dow futures up 30 NASDAQ futures up 32 points. Tenure Treasury is up 9.30 seconds. The yield 2.98%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 Weather Heat Advisory noon today till 8 tomorrow night with highs in the low to mid-90s all the way into Friday. Right now, 78 in Central Park. Headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks are inching higher amid speculation that the worst of this year's equity route may be over. U.S. stock index futures are higher as Netflix surges in early trading on a smaller-than-expected subscriber loss. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up six points this morning. Dow futures up 37. NASDAQ futures also up 37. The DAX in Germany is up a third of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 9.30 seconds. Yield 2.98 percent. The yield on the two-year, 3.18 percent. NYMEX Crude oil is down one and a half percent at a dollar fifty-two at a hundred two dollars seventy cents a barrel. Comex gold little changed at seventeen twenty-eight an ounce. The euro one point zero two three seven against the dollar. British pound one point two zero one four, and the yen one thirty-eight point two four. And Bitcoin this morning up one point four percent at twenty-three thousand six hundred twenty-five dollars. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John and Karen, President Biden said to announce executive action today to confront climate change. Russian President Vladimir Putin signaling Europe will start getting gas again through a key pipeline. Dan Cox wins the Republican primary in the race to replace Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland, a race that became a proxy clash between former President Trump and Hogan. Wes Moore led the Democratic field. And the Yankees' Giancarlo Stanton named the All-Star Game MVP as the American League beats the National League. Global News 24 hours a day. On air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, we're powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, John. Thank you. It is 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and we continue to watch Netflix shares this morning. They're up more than 7% in the pre-market after the streaming giant's second quarter earnings and a subscriber loss that came in not as bad as many Wall Street analysts were expecting. 
Let's bring in one of the best of them. Geetha Ranganathan is with us this morning, senior media analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence. Geetha, good morning. So Netflix shed 970,000 subscribers in this last quarter, and that's a good thing. <laughs> Good morning, Nathan. Good morning. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. And yeah, it looks like in this environment, uh, less bad definitely seems to be good. But I think it's still a little bit premature for for a victory lap. So yes, uh, you know, um, I, one one key positive that came out of last night's report was that it looks like the subscriber base is 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 stabilizing. Uh, you know, we're, we're done with the worst, most likely, in terms of subscriber losses. But then if you look at uh, the third quarter guide, it, it doesn't look particularly inspiring. Uh, but at the same time, uh, management seems to have a better handle on uh, what they're going to do to reinvigorate subscriber growth. Yeah, as you allude to, Netflix is saying it's going to sign up about a million customers in this current quarter. That was uh, lower than many analysts were expecting. What was it, 1.8 million or something like that, the average analyst estimate there? How is it going to do it? What does Netflix need to do to cement a turnaround after the first quarter that really put a shutter in investors? So they really have so many different initiatives. First of all, we have to remember that the whole streaming game has has kind of changed completely. We're we're done with those days of heady growth when you know services were able to easily add 10, 15 million subscribers per quarter. So now we're in a different world. We're in a little bit of an uncharted territory. Netflix does have an advantage. It is the dominant streaming platform. They still do have 220 million subscribers. They have huge levels of engagement. Um, so that is something that they're really looking to capitalize on going forward. Um, so in 2023, they're going to be introducing an advertising tier, which they're hoping will um, you know, not only open up their addressable market significantly, but will also then reignite both subscriber growth as well as um, you know, revenue. But in terms of near term uh, and how they're going to um, you know, get more subscribers onto the service, there's just you know, a combination of different strategies. So they're obviously going to uh, – I think the biggest thing for them right now, this is something that Reed Hastings spoke to yesterday as well, Stranger Things was by far the biggest driver for this, uh, you know, um, subscriber beat, if you want to call it, for the second quarter. So content, content, content. Content is king. It is absolutely the biggest differentiator. And they do have a content slate that's kind of ramping up. The only problem for them is that their their competition is getting much, much tougher. So you have a lot of great content coming from rival services as well. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because I know you've been bullish in the past about Netflix's content and its ability to compete on that score with uh, some of the other players like Prime Video, Hulu, Disney Plus now, Apple Plus. Does it still have a content advantage compared to some of those other players? Absolutely. I, I do think that they have, a, you know, a first mover advantage. They do have this great ability to drive the social conversation. We've seen that time and again with, with you know, these big, big hits, whether it's an Ozark, whether it's a Stranger Things, whether it's a Peaky Blinders. But, you know, uh, competition is ramping up. So, you know, you brought up Apple TV+. Plus. They have their flagship show, Ted Lasso, which is coming back. You have a huge movie slate coming there. You have HBO Max, where you have, you know, the Game of Thrones sequel with House of the Dragon. You have Prime, Amazon Prime, that's kind of really doubling down, whether it's, uh, you know, they're going after Thursday Night Football. They're prepared to launching, uh, they're prepared to launch Lord of the Rings, which is uh, supposedly one of the most expensive shows in the history of television. So, yes, um, you know, Netflix definitely has an advantage. But, but one of the things that they did bring up um, during their earnings call was that they're holding content spending 
flat. It's going to be about $17 billion, and that's a huge amount of money, but I'm not sure that's going to be enough to cut it, especially when you have rivals also willing uh, to, to, to write huge, huge checks for content. Only about 30 seconds left here, Geetha, but the big question going into this earnings was whether people continue to see Netflix as an expense worth spending on in this economy. Did Netflix answer that question in the earnings? They did. So, uh, you know, yes, they do allude to, uh, you know, inflationary pressures uh, and impending recession and people kind of holding back a little bit. We saw some elevated churn levels because of the recent price increases that they uh, implemented across the board in so many uh, different regions. But at the end of the day, it is a compelling value proposition. And, the, and they're hoping that as they kind of introduce more features, as they introduce better content, uh, people will still hold on uh, to their Netflix subscription, even uh, with, uh, uh, you know, an economic downturn. Great to speak with you this morning, Geetha. Thanks for this. Geetha Ranganathan, Senior Media Analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence. And again, uh, Netflix shares on the rise this morning, up more than 7% following that uh, second quarter subscriber loss that came in. Not as bad as uh, analysts were expecting. S&P futures right now up 7 points. Dow futures up 43. NASDAQ futures higher by 39 points. Just ahead, stocks come off their biggest rally in three weeks. And as we continue to watch Netflix shares, we'll bring you the five things you need to know to start your day. Coming up on Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. The heat advisory kicks in at noon, doesn't go away till 8 tomorrow night. But the heat will stay with us into Friday. Highs in the low 90s for the rest of this week. Right now, 78 degrees. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers Global Analyst helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at ibkr.com slash GA. Up first, U.S. futures are adding to yesterday's gains on Wall Street, which were the biggest in three weeks. Still, Sherry Paul, senior portfolio manager with Morgan Stanley Private Wealth, says the markets remain uncertain. Clients, I think, are feeling very data overwhelmed, and the greatest threat to portfolio returns is indecision. So right now, what we're advising clients is to go right down the middle of this market. You want to plan for inflation being structural and own sectors of the market that actually benefit from the reflationary stories. So that would put you in financials and energy stocks. Sherry Paul with Morgan Stanley Private Wealth says investors should remain active despite volatility. We get more earnings today, Karen, with 17 companies in the S&P 500 reporting. Tesla headlines the list. Investors will look for how its bottom line is affected by lockdowns in China and the crypto plunge. Tesla is heavily invested in Bitcoin. Well, turning to Netflix now, Nathan shares up almost 7% in early trading after it lost less subscribers than initially feared. Geetha Raganathan covers Netflix for Bloomberg Intelligence. 
there's really not a whole lot to cheer about. What the market is really looking for at this point of time is really some clarity, not just on the subscriber growth trajectory, but also on other metrics. So, you know, how are they going to drive ARPU? How are they going to drive margins? So there's pressure all around. Bloomberg Intelligence U.S. media analyst Gita Raghunathan says Netflix still has positives working in its favor, including its size and reach. Now we're learning more this morning, Karen, about Kathy Wood closing down one of her exchange-traded funds. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with the details. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. A regulatory filing shows Kathy Wood is shutting down her ARC Transparency ETF. The fund gained only $12 million in assets since it launched at the end of last year. That's a fraction of the $9 billion in Wood's flagship fund. Now, it contains holdings like Teal Doc and Spotify, and it was aimed at investing in companies that received high scores on transparency. Transparency Global, which shaped the fund's underlying portfolio, will stop calculating the index at the end of July. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thanks. And overseas, June inflation figures in the U.K. rose 9.4% year-over-year, a 40-year high. That's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers, this is Bloomberg. Six thirty-three on Wall Street, seventy-nine degrees in Central Park. We had a problem headed to JFK Airport crash on westbound Belt Parkway at Farmers Boulevard. Details coming up in traffic. First, John Tucker with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, John. Nathan, the summer swelter resumes today as the heat advisory starts at noon. When can we expect some relief? Well, Bloomberg's meteorologist Rob Carolyn hopefully has some answers this morning. Good morning, Rob. John, the hot weather that's developed across the central United States, well, a piece of it has broken off and is working its way through the eastern part of the country, and that's why we are going to be so warm between now and the end of the weekend. We're under a heat advisory from noon today through 8 p.m. Thursday. The only wrinkle in the forecast the next couple of days is the potential for a little bit of afternoon shower and thunderstorm activity. Those areas that do see the storms would see temperatures cool off quite a bit. I think the heat is going to peak Saturday. John? Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn. It's the end of the political road for former Mayor Bill de Blasio. It's clear to me that when it comes to this congressional district, people are looking for another option. He's dropping out of the crowded Democratic primary race for an open seat in the state's redrawn 10th congressional district. De Blasio leaves a jam-packed field. The keeper of federal records has asked the Secret Service to determine whether any text messages by agents around the time of the attack on the Capitol were improperly deleted. That story from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. The National Archives and Records Administration said in a letter to the agency that it must submit a report within 30 days documenting what occurred. A spokesman for the Secret Service has previously said the texts were inadvertently lost during an equipment upgrade. The House Committee investigating the efforts by former President Trump and his allies to overturn the results of the 2020 election has also subpoenaed the agency for the texts. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. And the House has passed a bill that would recognize same-sex marriages under federal law and extend legal protections to all married couples. A reaction to concern the Supreme Court might reconsider a ruling extending those rights. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. John, thanks. 
635 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stanshire. All right, Nathan, another win for the American League in the baseball All-Star game. That's nine in a row. 21 of the last 25 in Los Angeles. The NL scored twice first inning. Paul Goldschmidt a home run, but the rest of the game, 10 AL pitchers, including the Yankees, Nestor Cortez and Clay Holmes combined to hurl eight scoreless innings, allowing only one hit with 10 strikeouts. Toronto's Alec Manoa struck out the side in the second inning as he was talking to the Fox broadcasters. Cleveland's Emmanuel Chase struck out the side in the ninth on just 10 pitches. The AL won 3-2, got all three in the fourth inning. A game-tying long two-run homer by the Yankees' giant Carlos Stanton and L.A. native. His first career All-Star game hit. Next batter, the Twins' Byron Bexton, Buxton solo shot. Seventh time in All-Star game history back-to-back homers. Both came off Tony Gonsolin. He took the loss. Something he hasn't done all season. He's 11-0 for the Dodgers. Stanton in his first All-Star game as a Yankee, the third Yank to win MVP. Derek Jeter did it in 2000. Mariano Rivera in 2013. At SEC Media Day, Alabama coach Nick Saban asked about players now being able to cash in on their name, image, and likeness. Players did extremely well last year. Uh, I think they made over $3 million in name, image, and likeness. And um, But I do think that the concerns um, are... You know, there, there has to be something, some guidelines that sort of protect competitive balance. Well, a lot of social media reaction to that comment, considering Saban makes over $9 million a year, and there really hasn't been competitive balance in college football as Alabama has dominated every year. John Stash, Edward, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thank you. It's 637 on Wall Street. Time now to take a look at stocks, some of the names moving in the pre-market. For that, we are joined this morning by Bloomberg Markets Live reporter Heather Blurk. Heather, good morning. We're seeing the futures sort of pair back uh, their earlier gains, but it looks like Netflix is still holding up. Yeah, definitely. That's up about 7%. Um, so Netflix lost more than a million customers in the first half, and the message was it could have been worse. So it lost almost a million customers, but that was last less than half of what Wall Street feared, and that was in large part to uh, the new season of Stranger Things. And you're also seeing some read across uh, with other online content companies like Disney and Warner Brothers rising pre-market. And it looks like investors, at least for this morning, are putting some bets on casino stocks as well. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking at Las Vegas Sands. That's up about 2 or 3%. Um, so Macau casino stocks listed in the U.S. are higher because the city plans to reopen casinos on Saturday if conditions allow. And Las Vegas Sands also reports earnings today after the market close. Yeah, not the only earnings story we're looking forward to. Uh, we've gotten even more earnings as well uh, from Interactive Brokers, and that didn't look so good. No, that was definitely a miss. Um, that missed the average analyst estimate. Um, looks like that uh, total customer accounts a little bit, but it was definitely the earnings. Okay, and uh, we've got a uh, biotech that's slumping really, really badly in the pre-market as well. Yeah, as much as 80%. So its clinical trial for ovarian cancer treatment, Ofervec, didn't meet its primary endpoints. So, you know, with these small biotechs, one drug or one study can really make all the difference. Yeah, and we're talking about VBL uh, Therapeutics, VBLT, the ticker there. Uh, Finally, Heather, Omnicon? Am I pronouncing that right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Okay. So the so 
that and some other um, advertising stocks are, like Inter, uh, Inter, um, are doing well uh, pre-market uh, Interpublic. Uh, basically, Omicron um, had its second quarter revenue beat the average analyst estimate, and it raised its organic sales growth. And these are proxies for consumer confidence um, because it, ad spending really got reined in during the pandemic. So that sector seems to be recovering. All right. Bloomberg Markets reporter Heather Burke, Markets Live reporter Heather Burke with us uh, in the pre-market this morning. You can check out uh, more of Heather's work on the uh, Markets Live blog, MLIV Go, MLive on the Bloomberg terminal. Heather, uh, thanks for the pre-market update. And as we look at stocks as a whole ahead of the open, uh, the gains we had seen for futures have turned around the other way. Right now, S&P futures are down Seven points. Dow futures down 78. NASDAQ futures are lower by nine points. This follows the uh, biggest rally for the S&P in about three weeks yesterday. A little uncertainty now in the market as we get closer to the open. The 10-year Treasury right now is up 14.30 seconds. The yield 2.96%. Yield on the two-year 3.16%. NYMEX crude is moving lower, down 1.7%, down $1.72 at $102.50 a barrel. COMEX gold, a little change down a buck 40, 17.2650 an ounce. The euro 1.0192 uh, against the dollar. And Bitcoin still moving higher, trading at $23,700. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Heat advisory from noon today till 8 tomorrow night. We're expecting highs for the rest of this week in the low to mid-90s. Right now, 79 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures, they are now moving lower with S&P futures down about 12 points. We get to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures trading in the red right now. Dow futures down 100 points. S&P's dropped 12. Well, NASDAQ futures are down by 30. The U.S. 10-year-old at 2.96%. Gold is little changed. Oil is trading lower. And Bitcoin higher by 1.6%. Japan rose 2.7% overnight while European markets are in the red this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 10 o'clock, existing home sales. After the bell last night, Netflix reported a smaller-than-expected loss in subscribers. And in other news, Kathy Wood shuttered an ETF for the first time. Wrapping things up, Chevron was raised to buy at HSBC, and Eagle Materials was put to neutral at J.P. Morgan. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John. And Karen, today President Biden is set to announce executive action to confront climate change. Russian President Vladimir Putin signaling Europe will start getting gas again through a key pipeline. Europe's waiting to see whether gas flows resume tomorrow. And Dan Cox wins the Republican primary in the race to replace Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland. That's a race that became a proxy clash between former President Trump and Hogan. Wes Moore led the Democratic field. And the American League beats the National League in the All-Star Game. The Yankees' Giancarlo Stanton is named the game's MVP. 
Global News, 24 hours a day on air and a Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, John, thank you. It is coming up to 649 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. Ranked to top 50 national public university by U.S. News and World Report and number 14 in the nation on Money's Best Colleges list. Learn more at njit.edu. Here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Twitter has scored an early win against Elon Musk in its fight to make him complete his $44 billion Buyout. A Delaware judge has agreed to fast-track the case with an October trial date, despite Musk's legal team arguing that Twitter was unfairly pushing for an early trial. And Elon Musk's main company, Tesla, will have increased competition from General Motors. GM will start selling a battery-powered Chevrolet Blazer next year, giving it a direct competitor to Tesla Model Y, the U.S.'s best-selling electric SUV. The electric Blazer model will go on sale in the summer of 2023. And the Senate has voted to begin to debate on legislation to provide more than $52 billion to the American semiconductor industry. It's a major milestone for the long-stalled bill that supporters say is vital to national security. Details of the bill are still being worked out. That's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. All right, Karen, thank you. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. We're at 650 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include President Biden heading to Massachusetts later today to announce executive actions to tackle climate change. Bloomberg's Ann Mostu will be covering the event for us. She joins us live this morning from Somerset, Massachusetts. And good morning. What are we expecting to hear from the president later today? Well, Nathan, we could be hearing an announcement of an executive order, national emergency about climate change. One of the actually the first executive order on this topic ever issued by a president. Now, he's also going to be talking about uh, funding for low income home energy assistance during this heat wave and the rising energy costs. And Biden's also um, going to be boosting offshore wind. Now, I'm surrounded here in southern Massachusetts by some of the most beautiful beaches in New England, but not this place right here at Brayton Point in Somerset, which is the former site of New England's largest coal-fired power plant. It is now rubble, and an Italian company has purchased part of the land to build subsea cable manufacturing facility that would serve the emerging offshore wind industry. So uh, President Biden is going to be coming to this very visual site um, to sort of bolster the idea of clean energy, but also show the past and what once was here in Massachusetts. Yeah, an idea of the uh, transition from uh, dirty to clean energy. Are we expecting any protest at this event, Ann? Yes, we are actually, Nathan. There's been a lot of debate over whether this national emergency order should be addressed by the president. And there is a very large organized group around this Brayton Point Somerset community. A number of New Englanders, about 4,000 people are active in this group and they have been out in full force at every event over really the last decade and are expected to be both at Brayton Point in Somerset when the president arrives for a tour and perhaps also at the airport in Rhode Island where he's flying in. 
All right, Bloomberg's Ann Mostu joining us live this morning from near the uh, once Brayton Point uh, power plant in Somerset, Massachusetts. Listeners in Boston can catch live coverage from Ann of the president's announcement this afternoon on Bloomberg Bay State Business. It airs 2 to 5 p.m. on Bloomberg 1061 Boston Newburyport and 92.9 HD2. Coming up to 6.53 now on Wall Street, let's get to some of the other D.C. stories we're watching, including the Senate moving forward with $52 billion in semiconductor funding. A Trump-backed candidate winning a Maryland primary that could be a proxy for 2024. And the head of the House Democratic Caucus telling former President Trump, quote, run, Donald, run. Let's bring in Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins for more on all these stories. Emily, good morning. Uh, So the slim down chips bill is moving forward in the Senate, is it? Yes, there was a procedural vote last night in the Senate that wound up clearing. Uh, you saw 14 Republicans join with Democrats on it, really showing the strong support that is there for this package, even in its slimmed down form. So what you've got basically is that $52 billion for those semiconductors, as well as a 25% investment credit for manufacturer of semiconductors, uh, tools to create semiconductors, as well as, uh, 50, 500 million for a secure communications program and 200 million for worker training so lots of different components in this bill uh you saw senator chuck schumer basically say that if he saw a lot of republican support he was going to try and add a little bit more to the bill and so we are sort of seeing a a slightly heftier package than we might have otherwise gone through and this is just going to allow more democrats and republicans to to get their priorities out there so are we thinking that this bill has a better chance of passing given that uh, senate minority leader mitch mcconnell had said he was going to block the bill because of uh, democrats moving forward on a slimmed down economic package yeah, that was uh, McConnell's sort of initial bid on it. If you remember, though, after he said that, Manchin, jo- Senator Joe Manchin, said that he could not support that larger reconciliation package, <laughs> even though it had already been slimmed down, that he wanted an even slimmer package. And I think it got to the point where Republicans were like, okay, they've knocked out enough of the funding that we were hoping to see not pass. We're good moving ahead with chips. At the same point, Nathan, there is a lot of pressure on lawmakers to move on this. Uh, Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo has been talking to them, but there have also been a number of outside companies. It's basically going to lawmakers and saying, hey, this is a national security measure. This is a jobs measure. This is an economy measure. And this is something that if you don't pass before the August recess, we will be taking our business, um, hundreds of, of billions of dollars of business to other countries. And just outside Washington, we had a very interesting uh, primary for governor on the Republican side, pitting a Trump-backed candidate against a candidate who's backed by someone who's thinking about running against President Trump if he decides to in 2024. Yeah, Trump and Maryland Governor Larry Hogan are not exactly the best friends. Uh, they do have a bit of a contentious relationship and, and really represent kind of two different philosophies within the Republican Party. And Trump's uh, backed candidate for Maryland Governor Dan Cox, he won that Republican primary over the candidate which Hogan had had supported. Uh, we don't know yet who which Democrat they'll be going up against this November. Uh, that primary is is a little bit too close to call still at this point. Uh, but yeah, this could, this basically gives Trump another kind of big win in his uh, 2022 endorsement game. The fact that he was able to, to boost this candidate, particularly in a state that is as blue as Maryland. 
Another and, interesting wrinkle here, though, Nathan, is that the Democratic Governors Association actually spent a lot of money backing Cox because they think that he will be the easier candidate for them to beat come November. Now, about 30 seconds left here, Emily, but we got some really interesting comments from the uh, head of the House Democratic Caucus about whether President Trump should run again in 2024. Run, Donald, run. That's what uh, King Jeffries told uh, the Bloomberg editorial board yesterday. He said that Trump running would be a disaster, that Republicans were trying to prevent Trump from declaring his candidacy to, prior to the midterms. I mean, what Jeffries told us is that the big thing for Democrats is going to sort of be saying, look, you know, things might not be perfect right now, but you most certainly do not want the Republicans in charge and really hitting home that message over the next couple months. Interesting. As the president, uh, the former president gets ready to make his first trip back to Washington next week. Thanks for this, Emily. Great having you on, as always. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins with us from the nation's capital. Read more about all these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. And you can follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington at Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Futures have uh, turned lower now with S&P futures now down six points. Dow futures down 55. NASDAQ futures lower by 11. So little change to the downside, but futures had been higher uh, for much of this pre-market session. Ten-year treasuries up 14, 30 seconds. The yield 2.96%. Yield on the two-year right now. 3.17%. Up next, Bloomberg Surveillance with Tom Keen, Jonathan Farrow, and Kaylee Lines in for Lisa Abramowitz. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.